Welcome to the Road to Zero, a future-proof podcast, as we explore the changing nature of our economy as we look for prosperity and opportunity in not only preserving, but also improving our environment. Today on the Road to Zero, we have Gideon Grader, professor at Technion and co-founder at H2 Pro. Welcome, Gideon. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Hi, it's, uh, thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Tell us, how did you get into hydrogen? What drew you into that field? Uh, okay, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a long story. Uh, as you uh, as you said, I'm a professor at Technion, and about uh, 14 years ago, uh, I was asked by management to lead the local energy program for the university. And uh, we came up with a very uh, comprehensive uh, energy program that is called the GTEP, G-T-E-P. It stands for Grand Technion Energy Program. And one of the uh, uh, one of the areas within this program is uh, was defined a way back then uh, in alternative fuels. Uh, and within that uh, program, uh, the, uh, one of the areas was hydrogen technologies. In other words, we recognized already way back then that this is going to be uh, an important area. And uh, together with colleagues, we, uh, we developed uh, a major uh, program in alternative uh, uh, in renewable energy. Uh, so this is, uh, I think, by far the largest uh, program in Israel. We raised uh, roughly $50 million in philanthropic funding. And uh, this funding went to create several central laboratories, and one of them had to do with hydrogen. So the work that uh, eventually came out as a spinoff in uh, the name of H2Pro came and it grew out of that uh, work. And in fact, uh, the technology that uh, we're developing in H2Pro uh, started about eight years ago. So this is uh, perhaps in 2013 we uh, initiated it. Impressive, the the infrastructure you've developed there, and I can see why it's produced some results. And tell us a little bit more about it. In H2Pro, uh, the underlying technology uh, came about when we decided to decouple the, uh, the, the two steps in electrolysis. So whereas in standard electrolysis, which has been around for uh, many years, well, for about 200 years, uh, is that the hydrogen and, and oxygen are uh, actually made simultaneously. Okay, uh, you have two electrodes immersed in, into, uh, into a container. There's an anode and the cathode. You apply a potential in between them, and uh, you split water. And in order to do this uh, in a commercial way, um, you must have a separator in between the two in order to prevent the gas mixing. And uh, this is uh, something that uh, is uh, 
problematic from the standpoint of the cost of the assembly of these electrodes. It uh, makes it difficult in terms of uh, sealing the two compartments. Uh, and then uh, again, it adds, uh, it adds a toll. You take a toll, energetic toll, electrical toll, on the overpotential that you need mainly uh, on the anode. And we decided to decouple this process. In other words, to turn it into a two-step process, a swinging mode process, uh, where in one stage you make hydrogen, and in the other stage you make only oxygen. And this enabled us to operate the cell without any membranes. So it adds a measure of uh, safety, shall we say, to this process. Uh, and because the oxygen generation is chemical and not electrochemical, we save, we save about 20-25% uh, of electrical energy in this process. Uh, I'm saying that with a sigh, okay? It's not that simple because we had converted an intrinsic loss of uh, electrical energy into a thermal management issue, a thermal management uh, challenge. Uh, and, uh, and so it doesn't come uh, without, without a pay, right, without a headache. Uh, you have to resolve the thermal management uh, because the oxygen generation is done by heating the electrodes. In other words, the cell has to become hot and then a kinetic process kicks in and the oxygen is released and the, and the electrodes is regenerated. Um, so in principle, you would say that, well, if you have to keep paying for that heating, then you haven't achieved very much. And that is true, except for the uh, fact that we selected the reactions in a way that the regeneration step is exothermic. So it releases heat. And the main challenge for H2Pro is to design the electrodes in a way that there is enough active material there that it can release sufficient energy, sufficient heat to uh, uh, overcome the thermal swing. Okay, And this is what uh, we're doing at H2Pro in principle we we're, we can do it. It's there is more than enough energy to uh, recover that heat uh, 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 to recover that heat balance, and uh, yeah, you need to uh, design the electrodes correctly, and you need to develop the material, the electrodes with sufficient uh, uh, capacity to enable that process. And this is what we're doing at H2Pro. But the, the upshot of it is that you can put together the electrodes without any membranes. And uh, it's a process very similar to putting together battery electrodes, which is why we are very hopeful and very optimistic about a, a mass production of these kind of electrodes, just like just like you do battery electrodes, and their only seal is an external seal. It's just a cylindrical vessel which can maintain the pressure, the overall pressure, 
And the reason for that is that we would like to work at um, roughly 50 atmospheres, uh, uh, which is uh, the highest pressure in any uh, uh, of the commercial electrolyzer or the alkaline electrolyzers available today. So in order to work at high enough pressure, you need to seal this container. But again, this is a very uh, simple act, just cylinder capable of holding the pressure that we want to work in. So it sounds like a, more akin to an elect, like you said, electrolyte type uh, electrolyzer vice the, the proton exchange membrane. And from what I hear from the heat, once you get started up, it, it, it kind of feeds itself in the heat process. Is that the, the trick? Exactly, exactly. So the, so the system that H2Pro is designing is made out of many, uh, uh, shall we say, cylinders. We call those reactors. So it may, it's made out of many reactors. And each reactor, at some time, it makes hydrogen. And another time, it makes oxygen. So it swings in between these two steps. Okay, and the hydrogen step is actually endothermic. It takes place roughly at room temperature, maybe 30 degrees, maybe 40 degrees centigrade. And the oxygen step uh, is roughly at 100 degrees centigrade, maybe 110 degrees centigrade. Okay, so the, each reactor swings in between these two steps Okay, one time it makes oxygen, and another time it makes hydrogen. Okay, so the, what I've said before is that when the electrodes are designed correctly and they have sufficient capacity, they, have, they release enough energy during the oxygen step that they recover the temperature that they need to be at. Okay, so on the whole, the, the process can be uh, continuous without need to inject additional heat into the system. But in any event, uh, the heat that is required is what we call it's uh, low quality heat. Okay, we're not talking about heating to hundreds and hundreds of degrees. It's on the order of a swing mode of roughly 60 to 70 degrees between the cold step and the hot step. And then the efficiency. So for what I've been reading is your system is about, what is it, 95% efficient, uh, the, the design that you have? Yes. To create uh, Yes. So, so on the electrode level, we have shown that the efficiency is nearly 100%. And we actually, we published this work in, in Nature. This came out in, uh, about a year and a half ago in, in Nature. Uh, but that's only at the electrode level. Okay, of course, you have a whole system to run. And we believe that, yes, we could be at the 95% efficiency on the system level. And we allow for about, we will allow for about 5% uh, losses. This is, this is mainly heat losses. Okay, now, mind you, typically electrolyzers report their efficiency in their, in the, roughly in the 70% range, that efficiency does not include the uh, losses in the power supply. 
Okay, and this now depends on what kind of power supply you have. So what we believe that 95% that we claim to, that we will reach also does not include the inefficiencies of the power supply. And typically power supplies are, they lose a few percent. Okay, so some of them are perhaps in the 98 percentile, 97, 96 percentile. That's, that's the uh, type of efficiencies that the power supply uh, uh, demonstrate. So in the 95 percent that we claim, we do not include that percentage. But yeah, you said the, the figure that's prominently used is that 65 to 70. So it's quite, quite a jump. Quite a jumping performance, which is quite impressive. So, so the what we started the H2 Pro two years ago, okay. And when we started, we came out of the university making milligrams a day of hydrogen. Okay, the electrode size was one centimeter by one centimeter. This is what is reported in Nature, in Nature Energy, in our paper. Okay, uh, so. Uh, at H2Pro, we keep building larger and larger systems, okay? So at this point, we're commissioning a one kilo a day system, okay? We already came up about three orders of magnitude, and we have two more orders of magnitude to go, okay? The first commercial system for H2Pro okay. will be a one megawatt system. Okay, and that should come up in uh, the, the plan is to complete that uh, a commission at the end of next year, the end of 2022. So as we speak, we're commissioning the one kilo a day system. In, uh, a, in September, October, we will be commissioning the next system, which makes 10 kilos a day of hydrogen. This is already under construction as we speak. Um, the next one will be a 100 kilo a day system. And then the final one will be a 500 kilo a day system, which is a one megawatt system. Actually, it will, it will be able to produce closer to 600 kilos a day of hydrogen. And this will be the first uh, a commercial system for H2Pro. Impressive. Yeah, so I see your... You're building up pretty fast, and is is this system pretty? Uh, would you say this technology is fairly scalable, modular? What what's the right? How how big uh, right. do you see this can go? Yes, yeah, so so yeah, it is very scalable. The reason why it is uh, it is scalable is what I alluded to before that we have a multitude of reactors that uh, each of them has a, a series of electrodes. And the electrodes are, is the core technology that H2Pro is developing. And in order to scale up the electrodes, you have many options, right? You can make them longer. Okay, these are uh, these are electrodes we make ourselves. They're, this is the uh, they're made by electrochemical deposition, so we make ever ever longer electrodes. And you can, of course, and those are rolled. Rolled uh, uh, just like battery electrodes are, and then they're stacked one on top, one above each other. Okay, so the way to raise the capacity is on the one hand to make the electrodes longer. So when you roll them, they take larger and larger diameter, and and then to stack them more uh, above each other. 
so the, and, and then, of course, once you have the reactors, then you line up uh, uh, more reactors in parallel. So this way, the reactors, the set of reactors that we are planning for the one megawatt system, and of course, the, 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 this is the, the smallest size we're interested in, there, the the size the size and uh, is going to be considerably larger. It can be considerably larger than one megawatt. Uh, but that that'll take uh, simply the design of of uh, putting these reactors, some of them in parallel and some of them in series, uh, and and then of course developing the control to operate this machine in a in an efficient way. So yes, the, to answer your question in short, the, the system is very much scalable. And then, and it sounds like, I get you're still in the development stage, but once you get to that commercialization stage, how, how do you see this technology will compare in cost to existing technology? I think you've already alluded to that. There's actually some elements that make it cheaper at, to some Right. Level. We believe that uh, on large systems, this technology will be considerably uh, um, lower capex than the uh, than the competition and the reason is that the heart of the technology as you get to larger and larger scale the heart of what you're spending money on is the electrodes okay and to build and the reactors and to build those uh, electrodes and reactors and to stack them together is much simpler than to put together a standard stack of an alkaline or a PEM electrolyzers. Okay, we do not, we simply don't have the, the, uh, the need to, to, to seal each and every anode and cathode with a separator or a membrane in between. So if you look at the cost of, comp of the competition, a lot of their cost goes into the stack, putting together the stack. Uh, and for us, it's going to be uh, considerably uh, less, uh, less expensive. And of course, as you get, uh, you have the stack and then you have the balance of plant with the, uh, with the pumps and the separators and the analyzers. Well, all of these stay the same. They don't, they don't change very much when you increase the capacity. This is similar to what uh, a PEM and an alkaline electrolyzer goes. So uh, consequently, we think that at the end of the day, we will be able to offer a product that is, uh, uh, on the one hand, the capex is uh, considerably lower than the competition, and of course the OPEX, the operating costs will also be uh, considerably lower because of the lower electrical bill that you will get uh, for for uh, every kilo of hydrogen that you produce, and because of the less uh, the lower maintenance cost of the uh, of having a less uh, having no membranes. So really, here a, a very revolutionary design. And then has anything, have, have you seen any other big change in electrolyzer technology compared to this before? 
Uh, first of all, I think that the, the, this market is very active, right? And, in, and the competition is trying their best efforts to reduce their cost as well. And I'm sure that they will, their cost will come down. There's no question that, that as we, as we move, march along, the, uh, you, we will see uh, the cost, and we're already seeing the cost of alkaline and PEM electrolyzers come down. Okay, they have come down considerably in the past few years, and they will continue to come down. So uh, I, I, I think, though, that at the end of the day, uh, yeah, our prices will also uh, continue to come down. And so this is on the CapEx end. So I, I think that at the end of the day, we should be uh, very competitive with the uh, alternatives. And as we said, uh, operating uh, cost is lower. And even if, you know, if you take a utopic world and the electrical energy is for free, yeah, as we know, electrical energy is, uh, is coming down, right? I mean, the, the cheapest electricity today is solar, right? There's uh, photovoltaic electricity. Uh, and some places in the world, it's coming down to, I think, one and a half cents per kilowatt hour. Okay, uh, in other places, even in Israel, it's, it's some places it's two and a half cents per kilowatt hour. So electricity is going to get cheaper and cheaper. But even if it is for free, right, then I could say that uh, the uh, equipment that we produce will be, make more, will be making more hydrogen per kilowatt. Okay, so uh, just because uh, you you uh, you're that much more uh, efficient than the uh, than the competition, you really got the benefit of that that lower capital cost and the efficiency. Those are two right. combined that really make this quite uh, a good business right. problem. Now, having said that, we have to recognize that this market is going to be very very large. Okay, it's a huge market. And they're going to, there is room for everyone. Okay, I really believe that no, there is not going to be one technology that you know over overtakes the whole uh, the whole market. Okay, so it's not the kind uh, you know the winner takes it all. There is going to be needs for different technologies, different hydrogen technologies. There is really room for everyone. There are going to be different machines for different applications, I believe. For example, if it's a small user, they may be willing to pay more for the hydrogen, and they may be willing to pay uh, more for the equipment. And some equipment is, for example, for us, we're, we are not interested in small scale. Okay, we believe that for us, the market is at the large scale. And the larger it gets, the more efficient we, our technology will become. Okay, so, so for the small scale, let's call it sub-megawatt, okay, we're not going to be there. But there may be other technologies that this is exactly the market for them. Okay, so I, again, I think that this, uh, there is plenty of room here for different technologies Maybe some technologies are better working with uh, renewable energy. They can be, they can cope better with renewable energies. Others, perhaps they need very stable power. 
okay, in order to uh, uh, work at steady state, kind of like a like a big power plant, right? I mean, that has to constantly produce uh, electricity. So we are aiming uh, in the large scale market. Okay, this is where we we believe that our uh, place is. Uh, the, as I mentioned before, for us, uh, the uh, make the, the hydrogen side, the electrochemical part, is at low temperature, so we have no problems working uh, with a cold start. Uh, we have no problems of shutting down the uh, the um, uh, the system if it's if there is anything intermittent, uh, if there is a case of intermittent power, which is expected with renewable sources. So. Uh, I think for us, the, the, we, we're going to be carving out that part of the market. Uh, and again, other, other producers may uh, find it uh, uh, better to in, in a different segment of the market. But I, I really think that there is room for everyone. And I think you're right, too. And I think what we'll see, too, is there'll be so much demand. It might take a whole market to really just be able to keep up with the demand right. for hydrogen. And and so what I hear is you're, you're looking at really a commercial demonstration in, in 2022. When do you see being able to fulfill larger orders and really being out in the industry? By, by okay, what time? thanks. Thanks for the, the question. So, so uh, we see um, ourselves in 2023 uh, with several demonstration units in potential customers. Uh, and we would like to, uh, we're planning to start sales in 2024 and 2025. So, in fact, uh, we're already looking for the uh, location of where to build our first plant. Uh, and we've identified a place. Uh, and uh, this will start uh, uh, next year in 2022. We will start. Uh, building this plant so that at the by the end of 2023 it's already uh, uh, able to uh, produce commercially and though the, the demonstration units that uh, as we speak we're building um, a fairly large uh, uh, what we call an R&D production facility uh, which will be able to supply all the demo units in 2023, or mo I would say most of them. So some of the demo units uh, in 2023 will come from the production plant towards the end of the year, but in the beginning uh, they will be produced in the in the facility that we're currently building. And and right now, anything that you're looking for, any partners or funding what 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 would benefit you at this moment uh, on your journey uh, that's a good question we we just completed a, um, a, fu a fund raising uh, uh, round about a month ago so we're good for the coming year the the, the people who ran uh, the uh, uh, who orchestrated the uh, this uh, round uh, who led the round is breakthrough energy I, I would say one of the top uh, VCs uh, that we came across. Uh, very serious people, okay? The due diligence that we had to undergo with them was by far the most severe that anyone has uh, put us through. 
so joining them are, are a few strategic partners. Uh, amongst them is uh, Hyundai, uh, the Korean company, the Korean car company, uh, Hyundai. Uh, and another Japanese, very large Japanese firm called Sumitomo. Uh, and uh, together with them is one of the Israel's, uh, uh, the main Israeli oil refinery, which also has a stake uh, in hydrogen. Uh, and be, beyond the, uh, oh, and there's also an American uh, uh, American company, a very uh, 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 reputable and, uh, energy company called NFE, New Fortress Energy. Uh, and of course, uh, joining them are uh, VCs, uh, um, smaller a bit than, uh, than BEV, the breakthrough. But they include uh, iAngels and uh, our crowd and, uh, and also the, uh, the Hong Kong uh, VC, uh, the VC from Hong Kong called uh, Horizon. So I think we're, we're very much set at, for the coming year and uh, surely uh, next year we're probably going to raise a significant uh, uh, amount of uh, uh, funding for the uh, plans to build the first factory for the company. We are surely going to uh, bring in some more strategic partners in the coming in the coming year. Yeah, this is uh, definitely uh, something on our on our to do list. It's great to see that you seem to be very well set up. So it sounds like for everybody else, they'll have to wait until twenty twenty four when they can actually start making orders and uh, building some plans with your technology. Right, right. Uh, this is a you know you you can be sure that uh, the uh, companies where we're going to be putting the demonstration units are going to be selected based on the orders that they can place with us. Okay, and this is going to be part of the decision making for the company of where to put a demo unit. This is a this is a, this is an important aspect of where you demonstrate. So we would like to demonstrate in several yeah. uh, verticals, in several uh, end users. Not uh, Some of them will be from uh, the chemical industry. Some of them, of course, uh, 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 it will be from the uh, refueling uh, space. Um, but yeah, we would like to select several verticals and make installations there of demo units uh, and of course, uh, on the uh, on the notion that uh, they are uh, potential uh, serious buyers of the technology. Sounds like you guys have a really solid plan, and thank you for really sharing this. And I really look forward to when this technology is out there because I, you can see the the cost curve of hydrogen just keep going down, and it's just wonderful to That's see. Right. And, and I can see the. The uh, contribution to that that this technology. That's would right. Be. That's right. It's very, very important to, uh, uh, at the end of the day, bring the cost of hydrogen down. If if it is going to, uh, you know, take us through and and uh, bring the uh, uh, the utilization of uh, the the conventional type of fuels. Uh, 
if, if, if it'll, it'll help us to to wean ourselves off the conventional type of fuels. You know, it's it's the cost issue is at the heart of the whole of the whole game. You're right. Thank you very much for sharing this with us, and I really look forward to, to hearing where this goes in the future. Okay, thank you, thank you very much, and uh, that, let's hope that uh, not only us, also uh, the competition uh, makes a real breakthrough in, in in this kind of a technology. Okay, thank you. To hear more about our podcasts, showcase events, or on the FutureProof Network, please visit us at www.futureproof-network.com.